0: Go rebuild my church, which, as you can see, is falling into ruins." These are the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi from an image of Christ on the crucifix at San Damiano in 1205 A.D. These same words inspired Peter Doan, the host of the program you're about to hear. Peter challenges all of us to rebuild, not the brick and mortars of our church buildings, but our personal faith and relationships that will rebuild and strengthen the church. Now here's today's program. Hi, I'm Peter Doan.
1: And I'm Leslie Doan.
0: And you're listening to the radio broadcast, Go Rebuild My Church. Each week in this broadcast, we will explore ways to put into practice the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi by our Lord Jesus and how this theme is relevant as we seek to bring renewal to the church today.
1: Our passion for renewal was ignited when we came home to the catholic church 13 years ago and that's when we heard the call to rebuild and joined efforts with many other renewal movements within the church
0: you can learn more about our journey home and our lay apostolate dedicated to renewal in the catholic church by visiting our website at www.catholicdiscipleshipministries.org
1: Our prayer is through the ministry of this radio program and our lay apostolate. We can provide pathways for you as individuals, your families, as well as your parishes to join the rebuilding process and experience renewal. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, we want to welcome you and catch you up a little bit. We're doing a series of broadcasts that call forth the process of spiritual rebuilding and renewal of local parishes that's actually found in the book of Revelation. And Peter, I've been learning a lot. These scriptures are so enlightening and encouraging. Yes,
0: we love the apocalypse.
1: Right, and especially um, during this period of time in history, when the church is being shaken, and also the world, we we really need to hear this message mm-hmm. through these broadcasts. We're hoping to show how Jesus has been calling parishes to rebuild and renew throughout history, even dating back to those first-century churches. He talks to and speaks to in the Book of Revelation.
0: Yeah, amen to that, Leslie. So, in these broadcasts, we're pulling together the sacred scripture. Excerpts from the Catechism, the Lives of the Saints, and the Teaching of the Church as we seek to challenge individuals, families, and local parishes to rebuild and renew, as Leslie mentioned, the Catholic faith here in America. And last week we discussed the church at Thyatira, the fourth of seven churches in the book of Revelation, their failures and their need to repent. In each letter, we've been learning about the specific city, along with the characteristic that Jesus Christ presents himself to these churches. And we've been finding that there's a pattern, Leslie, that, uh, that most of these churches, he gives a commendation, a criticism, a correction, and then he gives hope through repentance. He offers a crown. This would be, in fact, I've said before, this would be a great structure for a church staff to use as an overlay for evaluating the parish, I think, both identifying its strengths and also being able to look at where the parish may be off track.
1: Last week, we heard some of the wonderful commendations he gave to this church, but unfortunately, we also saw that this church had completely given themselves over to idolatry and they were suffering the devastating side effects of immorality. And in fact, what was most disturbing that you called out to us, Peter, and I think is really relevant for us today, is that the believers in this church were tolerating the false teaching and corrupt lifestyle that certain members of the parish were practicing. Mm -hmm. Also, we learned that this is the longest letter written by Jesus to the seven churches and it could very well be the most corrupt of all the churches. And Peter, why do you think there was so much difficulty and compromise in this church? Well,
0: this business of tolerating, Leslie, was the problem that the Thyrotyrant Christians faced. In order to make a living, they had to belong to a union in that city. But to attend the union was to become involved or to be sorely pressured to become involved with the worship of idols and with licentious immorality. And therefore, they had to really make a choice. And it was difficult to live in Thyatira as a Christian for this very reason. But apparently, Jezebel, that Jesus named that false prophetess in the church, had begun to teach that it was okay for them to go along with the requirements of the guild, so to speak, and that they needed to submit to the pressures of the world around them to make a living and that God would understand. It's kind of like she was saying business is business, so to speak.
1: Okay, so last week we did present the idea that today there is a dictatorship of relativism in the church, and it's bringing the same kind of pressure on us and our churches, especially here in the United States, and that is, that pressure is to justify actions that go against the truth, just like they did back in the early church.
0: Right, and this is what we were calling the Jezebel influence that Jesus was talking about.
1: And for those of us that need a refresher on what exactly is relativism, I actually needed this, and we looked up a simple definition and shared that with all of you last week. Relativism is the belief that there's no absolute truth, only the truths that a particular individual and culture happen to believe.
0: And as we mentioned last week, Cardinal Ratzinger, just before he was elected pope, gave a homily where he declared the dictatorship of relativism was a major threat to the church today.
1: I know it's a wonderful homily, Peter. Maybe you can direct our listeners to where they can find that and read the whole thing.
0: Yes. So he made two really important points. First of all, he talked about the critical nature of us becoming mature in Jesus Christ and he said to remain a child in the faith means that we're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that's a quote from Ephesians by Saint Paul and this certainly was going to be going on in the church at Thyatira and it still goes on today Secondly, he said relativism, which is allowing oneself to be tossed to and fro like a child, carried about by every wind of doctrine, seems to be the only attitude that can cope with modern times. He's saying this is what we think we need to do.
1: Right. And, and I actually think we, we feel this pressure yes. all the time.
0: Yes. And then he summed it up by saying, we, the in talking about the church, are building a dictatorship of relativism that does not recognize anything as definitive and whose ultimate goal consists solely of one's own ego and desires. Wow, that's pretty intense. But then he gives us hope. He said, finally, he gave us the antidote, and he said, a mature faith, an adult faith, is deeply rooted in friendship with Jesus Christ. I love that. Remember when the... The disciples matured at the end of his ministry he said i no longer call you servants but friends the pope said it is this friendship that opens us up to all that is good and gives us a criterion which is really important here by which we can distinguish true from the false and deceit from truth
1: well i think peter we can all identify some areas where we're being tossed to and fro at least i know i can and can you just provide us some current examples of that dictatorship of relativism and where it's happening in the church today
0: well there's there's uh, things going on in the church right now that people are discussing that's really front and center around all this leslie for instance uh voting for pro-abortion candidates as a catholic Uh, proponents of gay marriage, transgender ideology, and the whole debate over pro-choice politicians receiving the Eucharist. These are just a few examples, I think, of fighting that Jezebel spirit being tolerated in many of our churches today, just like Thyatira. But these people and those who think like this are not our enemies, Leslie. No, they really aren't. No, we're reminded that St. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, indeed we live as human beings, but we do not wage war according to human standards. For the weapons of our warfare are not human, but they're divine power to destroy strongholds that's the bottom line in order to recognize and cast away the jezebel influence in the church we must be delivered from this dictatorship of relativism encounter jesus christ and transform the culture
1: right because there's strongholds behind all of these uh things that are going on right now yes Okay. Well, this is a great place to take a break. And when we return, we'll learn more about the Jezebel influence and how we can apply the warnings given by Jesus to the church at Thyatira. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood, in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio
0: Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. Have you ever thought about joining the Catholic Church? Have you just wanted to explore the Catholic faith? All you need to do is call your local Catholic church for more information. We are always happy to help you in your journey to discover and learn more about the Catholic faith. We have classes that are almost year-round, and the classes and information sessions do not involve making a commitment, and there is no pressure to join. Please call your local Catholic parish for more information today and start the journey of one day possibly becoming Catholic as well. God bless.
1: An interview with Father Trenton
0: Rauch and his story on how Catholic Radio influenced his vocation. I was not struck uh, by lightning and knocked off my horse. I had a lot of time driving in the car listening to the radio. And I just gotten to a point where I would prefer to listen to something that would be intellectually stimulating. And um, at the same time, I was learning about the faith, particularly the apologetics. Catholic Radio, building faith, building vocations. Like coming up for air, like a time of rest after a big race, like a good meal after a long day. Jesus, what you need just when you need him. Catholic Radio Indy.
1: Welcome back to our radio program, Go Rebuild My Church. Today, we're focusing on the fourth of the seven local churches or parishes in chapters two and three, the church at Thyatira. So let's look at Revelation 2, 24, 29 and read what else was going on. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden, Only hold fast to what you have until I come. To everyone who conquers and continues to do my works to the end, I will give authority over the nations to rule them with an iron rod, as when clay pots are shattered, even as I also received authority from my father. To the one who conquers, I will also give the morning star and let everyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches.
0: Leslie, I am very interested in the fact that Jesus calls attention to the deep things of Satan. That's quite a statement. Scott Hahn, who in his commentary on this passage, and we quote uh, Scott Hahn very often, he's a biblical scholar that we really appreciate and reference often, he indicates that this is referencing the occult and dark arts. I think it's important for us to be aware that occult practices, games, dabblings, etc., are most dangerous to our Catholic faith.
1: We've talked about this before on a previous program regarding the book of Acts, but I think it's worth going over again. Don't mm, you, Peter? I do. Here in the United States, but also around the world, interest in the occult has steadily increased over the last 50 years. Such occult practices as necromancy, seances, divination, channeling, recourse to spirit guides, and various forms of witchcraft, and many other related practices have become commonplace in our culture. In fact, recently we were in Florida and we visited St. Augustine, and they were highlighting ghost tours, where you have the opportunity to go on a tour and experience the paranormal in areas that are considered to be haunted and this is not this isn't common just to St. Augustine we've seen it in many cities yes
0: we've run into that so I call this Satan's most dangerous game and I'd like to reference the well-known exorcist from the Archdiocese of Indianapolis Leslie Father Vincent Lampert on his comments about the occult and it's very important I think to what he says The word occult, he says, comes from the Latin word occultus, meaning hidden or secret. See the connection between that and the deep things of Satan. It focuses on the knowledge of the paranormal, as you mentioned. Its basic root is that people want a glimpse into the future. It is associated, he says, with such things as palm reading, mediums, Ouija boards, tarot cards, psychics, pendulums, that's interesting, yoga crystals magic and horoscopes and father also mentioned superstitious practices such as knocking on wood and witchcraft he said these practices are condemned for their form of idolatry that violates the first commandment again let's see that relates us back to thyatira and the idolatry going on there he went on to say nothing must ever take the place of god that's a bottom line isn't it He quoted Deuteronomy chapter 18, that you must never practice black magic, be a fortune teller, witcher, sorcerer, ask ghosts or spirits for help, or consult the dead. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 18 that he quoted. And finally, he shared out of Leviticus 19.31, do not defile yourselves by turning to mediums or to those who consult the spirits of the dead.
1: Also, Father Lampert does a great job connecting the occult practices to our entertainment industry today. I know, Peter, there's many times when you and I are looking for a good, wholesome movie to watch, and we're going through the movie list, and there are so many movies that highlight the devil and satanic practices. Mm-hmm. And he's in, in particular, he was concerned about our children growing up today in front of a screen. He says that it's leaving them in isolation and not in community. And I think what he's trying to say is that children are... For example, taking in Harry Potter, and everything in Harry Potter is promoting that being a witch or a wizard is a position of power, and evil is represented as something good, and there's no one there to interpret that for our children.
0: Yeah, good point.
1: Yeah. He mm-hmm. goes on to say that the diabolic is not presented as something evil. Curses, spells, alchemy, necromancy are presented as things which are good, and many Catholic children are picking up these books, but not picking up the Bible or the Catechism.
0: Yeah, Father Lambert really hits it on the head. Right.
1: It goes without saying that this rapid growth in the popularity and practice of the occult is causing some confusion, Peter, among our Catholic brethren, and many of us are uncertain of how this actually relates to the Catholic faith. So, Peter... When the scripture talks about occult practices, or as we've been reading today in Revelation, the deep things of Satan, what what should we take note of?
0: Well, so any evaluation of occult practices must be done in considering the Ten Commandments. The nations surrounding the ancient Israelites were polytheistic. They believed in many gods, and meaning they worshiped these gods. Interestingly enough, in the Old Testament, Jezebel introduced the worship of Baal, Leslie, to the Israelites, and you can see the connection here. This was happening also in Thyatira. In stark contrast to this, God reveals to the Israelites his true nature as the one almighty and transcendent creator of all that exists. Worship was to be directed through the commandments only to the one true God. To direct worship or religious practices of any other kind and other gods was to engage in idolatry and false worship.
1: Well, in our small group, we're actually reading a book right now called The Decalogue Decoded, What You Never Learned About the Ten Commandments by Father Brian Mullady. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Right. And last night, our discussion was all around the First Commandment. Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot about how the First Commandment is a call of fidelity or faithfulness and to give God our whole being as our creator and the source of our very own dignity. So Peter, please help us understand now where does the connection to Jezebel come in and why does Jesus specifically call her influence out and warn us about the deep things of satan
0: well again as father Lampard points out the scripture mentions some specific occult practices that violate that first commandment and these practices were pervasive among the nations surrounding the israelites and this is why god was warning the people to avoid being polluted by those cultures
1: and it's it's very relevant for us because they're pervasive today as well
0: yes they are Uh, The Catholic Catechism also in paragraph 2116 through 2117 reiterates exactly what Deuteronomy 18 and Leviticus pointed out and names specifically some of these practices.
1: And going back to your way you describe the occult, you've always said it's Satan's most dangerous game. So why do you call it that? Peter?
0: So the reason for that is often Satan presents these practices as games that they're harmless. But both you and I have had personal experiences where occult practices came to us in a very unassuming way, didn't they?
1: Well, for example, when I was growing up, we received the Ouija board for Christmas one year, mm-hmm. and we're a good Catholic family.
0: And I can remember like yesterday, Leslie, when I was walking or walking through an amusement park that we would go to every summer as a family. And I went in and had my palm read by a palm reader.
1: Okay, well, definitely these are Satan's most dangerous game. And so at this point, we're going to take another break, listeners. And when we return, we'll continue to discuss how individuals, families, and local parishes can begin to identify and protect our families and our homes from the occult influence. So please stay with us. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood, in memory of their parents Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support.
0: Hi, I'm Peter Doan.
1: And I'm Leslie Doan.
0: And together we host the radio program Go Rebuild My Church. We've entered a beautiful season that I look forward to every year, the Advent season, where we celebrate and prepare our hearts for the coming of the Lord. Our Catholic faith teaches us that Jesus indeed has come 2,000 years ago, and also that Jesus will come again. And there's a third dimension, that Jesus comes to us presently in the Holy Spirit to enrich our lives and produce hope in his future coming.
1: So, we want to wish all of you a holy Advent and a very, very Merry Christmas. When you're tired of doing life alone, come back here. We enjoy the company. We hope you do too. Better. Together. Catholic Radio Indy. You're listening to the radio program, Go Rebuild My Church, and today we're continuing our series, The Call to Rebuild the Church Here in America, by studying the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And in our last segment, we discussed how in Revelation 2, Jesus rebukes the church of Thyatira for tolerating Jezebel's teachings, which we now know caused the early believers to violate the very first commandment. We also saw in Revelation 2, 24, that there were some who did not hold to her teachings and had not learned the deep things of Satan or the occult. And this is a warning to us to stay away from the occult, isn't it, Peter?
0: Yes, we need to avoid it at all costs. And if we've dabbled in the occult, we can eliminate this kingdom of darkness from our lives, as we mentioned, when we realized that we had inadvertently been involved in some of that that we cleanse went through a cleansing in the name of the lord the rebuilding and renewal of the church starts with us so here are some areas we should focus on in our homes and families first of all our home should be a sacred peaceful place in which we live and should be clean and orderly spiritually The power of evil abhors spiritual cleanliness and prayer and and Catholic Christian music going on and, and sacred spaces that we put together where we bring our family together to worship. Secondly, we can remove or should remove or destroy anything in our home that has had something to do with witchcraft, a spiritualist, a medium, an oriental religion or cult, And that has been used in a superstitious way. Now, this next one, Leslie, you just had uh, an opportunity and experience lately on this. And that is, do not keep jewelry that is symbolic of witchcraft, Eastern or pagan religions as a sign of the zodiac.
1: I know. I was going through my jewelry drawer, and I found an old bracelet that had a a, a symbol on it, and I needed to throw it away.
0: And you weren't aware of that at the time. You received it as a gift. Right. Uh, we should. This is really important. We've talked about this a few weeks ago. We should remove and burn all pornographic pictures and magazines. We need to get rid of all religious literature that does not agree with the basic truth of our faith that Jesus is divine. This would include things that come from non-Christian organizations like Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, and Christian Science, and things like that. And we should not finally allow the influence of evil and the occult to come into our home through television and movies. And as you mentioned earlier, we need to carefully monitor the programs that are seen, especially that our children are watching.
1: However, on the positive side, we can... We're called to seek God's presence in our homes. And although you and I are not priests, as baptized Catholics, we do have the power that we often do not realize. And St. Paul, in his letter, told the Ephesians this truth. He said, how very great is his power that works in us. It's the same as the mighty strength which he used when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right side in the heavenly world. So think about that. The power that we have and the power that's in prayer is greater than the power of Satan. It's that same power, Peter, that raised Jesus from the dead. That's pretty amazing. Amen. So we can ask and have the power of God to protect and bless our homes. We can simply say a prayer of blessing and sprinkle holy water in each room, or we can actually invite a priest to come to our home for a house blessing. All these are great things to do.
0: Yes, they are. and. Just to finish up in Thyatira, Leslie, Jesus ends up exhorting the church of Thyatira to hold fast to what you have until he comes. And then he shares the rewards that will be there for those who keep his works until the end. And throughout all of Scripture, we are reminded again that our journey in Christ, as we like to say sometimes, is not a sprint, but it's a marathon. We need to hold on tight to the Lord, resist the influences of Jezebel and the relativism of our age, and finish the race strong. If we do this, this is what the Lord says to end with Thyatira. We'll have a place of authority or power over the nations. That's pretty powerful. And we will be given the morning star. Now, what
1: does he mean by the morning star, Peter? Now,
0: it's interesting about the morning star. That's the name for the planet Venus, right? Visible just before daybreak. And it was a symbol of pagan iniquity, but it became a symbol of Jesus' resurrection and his victory over death. And the promise here is bodily resurrection for us and may also allude to the believer's triumph over the dark forces that work in pagan astrological practices, just what we've been talking about today.
1: And, okay peter well i think we should pray right now because i know we need um, god's prayer and help
0: yes and here here's a prayer that can be said that really covers what we're talking about today leslie
1: well let's let's pray it for our listeners right a- now
0: amen heavenly father we ask your blessing upon our homes in the name of your son jesus we ask to be delivered from all sin and evil influence protect us from sickness accidents theft and and domestic tragedies. We place our homes under the lordship of Jesus Christ, and we consecrate ourselves to the immaculate heart of Mary. May all who live here receive your blessing of peace and love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. You know, we also can be saying the Our Father and the Hail Mary. We want our homes to be a sacred place so we could have a crucifix and sacred art, Jesus and our Blessed Lady in our homes.
1: I think those are all wonderful suggestions, and I love that prayer, Peter. Mm -hmm. Well, listeners, it's time to wrap it up for today, so thank you for joining us as we seek to connect you as individuals, your families, and your parishes to the rebuilding and renewal of the Catholic faith here in America. And if you'd like to hear our past programs, go to Catholicradioindie.org where you can access all previous broadcasts through the podcast tab on the web page. And you can also download the Catholic Radio Indy app from your app store and listen 24-7. And lastly, if you happen to have Alexa, which we do, you can say, Alexa, enable Catholic Radio Indy, and it'll take you right there. And make sure to become a regular listener of Catholic Radio Indy. Goodbye for now, and keep Keep the faith. faith.
0: You've been listening to Go Rebuild My Church with Peter Doan. Podcasts of this program are available at
1: www.catholicradioindy.org.
0: You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy.